day 144 of 365, the Bible challenge with Abby Joy. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 28 to 13, verse 9. The way of the godly leads to life. That path does not lead to death. A wise child accepts a parent's discipline. A mocker refuses to listen to correction. Wise words will win you a good meal, but treacherous people have an appetite for violence. Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. Lazy people want much but get little, and those who work hard will prosper. The godly hate lies. The wicked cause shame and disgrace. Godliness guards the path of the blameless, but the evil are misled by sin. Some who are poor pretend to be rich. Others who are rich pretend to be poor. The rich can pay a ransom for their lives, but the poor won't even get threatened. The life of the godly is full of light and joy, but the light of the wicked will be snuffed out. John, chapter 14, verse 1 to 31. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you, so that you will always be with me wherever I am. And you know the way to where I am going. No, Lord, we don't, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you've seen me do. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works, because I am going to be with the Father. Can you ask for anything in my name? You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, obey my commandments, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit, who leads into all truth. 
The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognise him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you will also live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple with that name, said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? Jesus replied, All who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and we will come and make our home with each one of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the father who sent me. I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the father sends the advocate as my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and and will remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you. I'm going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really love me, you will be happy that I am going to the Father, who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they happen, so that when they do happen, you will believe. I don't have much more time to talk to you because the ruler of this world approaches. He has no power over me, but I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. One Samuel, chapter fourteen, verse twenty-four. Chapter 15, verse 35. Now then, the men of Israel were pressed to exhaustion that day because Saul had placed them under an oath, saying, Let a curse fall on anyone who eats before evening, before I have full revenge on my enemies. So no one ate anything all day, even though they had all found honeycomb on the ground in the forest. They didn't dare touch the honey because they all feared the oath they had taken. But Jonathan had not heard his father's command and he dipped the end of his stick into a piece of honeycomb and ate the honey. After he had eaten it, he felt refreshed. But one of the men saw him and said, Your father made the army take a strict oath that anyone who eats the food today will be cursed. That is why everyone is weary and faint. My father has made trouble for us all, Jonathan exclaimed. A command like that only hurts us. See how refreshed I am now and how I have eaten this little bit of honey. If the men had been allowed to eat freely from the food they found among our enemies, think how many more Philistines we could have killed. They chased and killed the Philistines all day, from Michmash to Ajalon, growing more and more faint. That evening they rushed for the battle plunder and butchered the sheep, goats, cattle and calves. 
but they ate them without draining the blood. Someone reported to Saul, Look, the men are sinning against the Lord by eating meat that still has blood in it. That is very wrong, Saul said. Find a large stone and roll it over here. Then go out among the troops and tell them, Bring the cattle, sheep and goats here to me. Kill them here and drain the blood before you eat them. Do not sin against the Lord by eating meat with blood still in it. So that night all the troops brought their animals and slaughtered them there. Then Saul built an altar to the Lord. It was the first of the altars he built to the Lord. Then Saul said, Let's chase the Philistines all night and plunder them till sunrise. Let's destroy every last one of them. His men replied, We'll do whatever you think is best. But the priest said, Let's ask God first. So Saul asked God, Should we go after the Philistines? Will you help us defeat them? But God made no reply that day. Then Saul said to the leaders, Something's wrong. I want all of my army commanders to come here. We must find out what sin was committed today. I vow by the name of the Lord who rescued Israel that the sinner will surely die, even if it is my own son, Jonathan. But no one would tell him what the trouble was. Then Saul said, Jonathan and I will stand over here and all of you stand over there. And the people responded to Saul, whatever you think is best. Then Saul prayed, O Lord, God of Israel, please show us who is guilty and who is innocent. Then they cast sacred lots and Jonathan and Saul were chosen as the guilty ones. The people and the people were declared innocent. Then Saul said, now let's cast lots again and choose between me and Jonathan. And Jonathan was shown to be the guilty one. Tell me what you have done, Saul demanded of Jonathan. I tasted a little honey, Jonathan admitted. It was only a little bit on the end of my stick. Does that deserve death? Yes, Jonathan, Saul said, you must die. May God strike me and even kill me if you do not die for this. But the people broke in and said to Saul, Jonathan has won this great victory for Israel. Should he die? Far from it. As surely as the Lord lives, not one hair on his head will be touched, for God helped him to do a great deed today. So the people rescued Jonathan, and he was not put to death. Then Saul called back the army from chasing the Philistines, and the Philistines returned home. Now, when Saul had secured his grasp on Israel's throne, he fought against his enemies in every direction, against Moab, Ammon, Edom, the kings of Zobah and the Philistines, and wherever he turned, he was victorious. He performed great deeds and conquered the Amalekites, saving Israel from all those who had plundered them. Saul's sons included Jonathan, Ishbosheth, and Malkishua. He also had two daughters, Merab, who was the older, and Michal. Saul's wife was Ahonoam the daughter of Ahimaz. The commander of Saul's army was Abner and the son of Saul's uncle, Ner. Saul's father, Kish, and Abner's father, Ner, were both sons of Abiel. The Israelites fought constantly with the Philistines throughout Saul's lifetime, so whenever Saul observed a young man who was brave and strong, he drafted him into his army. One day, Sam. 
Mule said to Saul, It was the Lord who told me to anoint you as king of his people, Israel. Now listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies has declared. I have decided to settle accounts with the nation of Amalek for opposing Israel when they came from Egypt. Now go and completely destroy the entire Amalekite nation. Men, women, children, babies, cattle, sheep, goats, camels and donkeys. So Saul mobilised his army at Tel Aim. There were 200,000 soldiers from Israel and 10,000 men from Judah. Then Saul and his army went to a town of the Amalekites and lay in wait in the valley. Saul sent this warning to the Kenites, Move away from where the Amalekites live, or you will die with them. For you showed kindness to all the people of Israel when they came up from Egypt. So the Kenites packed up and left. Then Saul slaughtered the Amalekites from Havilah all the way to Shur, east of Egypt. He captured Agag, the Amalekite king, but completely destroyed everyone else. Saul and his men spared Agag's life and kept the best of the sheep, goats, the cattle, the fat calves and the lambs, everything. In fact, that appealed to them. They destroyed only what was worthless or of poor quality. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am sorry that I ever made Saul king, for he has not been loyal to me and refused to obey my command. Samuel was so deeply moved when he heard this that he cried out to the Lord all night. Early the next morning, Samuel went to find Saul. Someone told him, Saul went to the town of Carmel to set up a monument to, the, to himself. Then he went on to Gilgal. When Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, he said. I have carried out the Lord's command. Then what's all the bleating of sheep and goats and the lowing of cattle I hear, Samuel demanded. It is true that the army spared the best of the sheep, goats and cattle, Saul admitted. But they are going to sacrifice them to the Lord your God when we have destroyed everything else. Then Samuel said to Saul, Stop! Listen to what the Lord told me last night. What did he tell you? Saul asked. And Samuel told him, Although you may think little of yourself, are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord has anointed you king of Israel and the Lord sent you on a mission and told you, Go and completely destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, until they are all dead. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight? But I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed everyone else. Then my troops brought in the best of the sheep, goats, cattle and plunder to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. But Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices, or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice, and submission is far better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is a sinful rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft, and stubbornness as bad as worshipping idols. So, because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. 
Then Saul admitted to Samuel, Yes, I have sinned. I have disobeyed your instructions and the Lord's command. For I was afraid of the people and did what they demanded. But now please forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel replied, I will not go back with you. Since you have rejected the Lord's command, he has rejected you as king of Israel. As Samuel turned to go, Saul tried to hold him back and tore the hem of his robe. And Samuel said to him, The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to someone else, one who is better than you. And he, who is the glory of Israel, will not lie, nor will he change his mind, for he is not human, that he should change his mind. Then Saul pleaded again, I know I have sinned, but please, at least honour me before the elders of my people and before Israel, by coming back with me, so that I may worship the Lord your God. So Samuel finally agreed and went back with him, and Saul worshipped the Lord. Then Samuel said, Bring King Agag to me. Agag arrived full of hope, for he thought, Surely the worst is over and I have been spared. But Samuel said, As your sword has killed the sons of many mothers, now your mother will be childless. And Samuel cut Agag to pieces before the Lord at Gilgal. Then Samuel went home to Ramah, and Saul returned to his house in Gibeah of Saul. Samuel never went to meet with Saul again, but he mourned constantly for him, and the Lord was sorry that he ever made Saul king of Israel.